0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save.
2: From the American Museum of Natural History in New York City and beaming out across all of space and time, this is Star Talk, where science and pop
0: culture collide. This
2: is Star Talk. And I'm your personal astrophysicist, Neil deGrasse Tyson. And we're here in a Cosmic Queries edition. And I have a new co-host, never co-hosted before, Ray Ellen. Ray. Hello, hello. Ray in the house. Great to see you, Neil. Now, but I know you because you you basically, you're a warm-up guy. Yeah. A warm-up comedian from when we do live. Uh, star talk four seasons now four seasons Four seasons. yeah so now we put you in front of the camera right be fantastic the camera. i'm ready <laughs> i'm ready for it can, can, can you handle it i think can, i can Can
3: you handle it it is such a fun star talk is such a fun
2: show oh thank you it's yeah fantastic. that's not me i'm thanking you for there's a trickle down us. there's a
3: trickle down uh effect uh-huh. I mean, it starts with you and it runs through ripples through the entire uh,
2: cast. oh excellent so we, it's all labors of love yeah for, for sure us. and i'm um, and I'm always delighted you make the crowd feel at home and okay. comfortable. You only insult them intermittently. Very sporadically. <laughs> <laughs> when they have it, when they deserve it. When they deserve it. They deserved it. Yeah, it sure. Um, excellent. And are are you active on social media?
3: I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, at Ray Comedy on Instagram. And Ray, at Ray Comedy? On Instagram, yeah. Instagram, okay. Ray Romano's very upset that I got Uh, Ray Comedy. Okay. How'd you get that? How? What?
0: I'm like, you're fine without it.
3: And then I have uh, Twitter is at Ray Ellen. Ray Ellen. E-L-E-L-E-N.
2: R-A-Y-E-L-L-I-N. I-N.
3: You got it. Okay, dude.
0: Thank you.
2: Um, So, this is Cosmic Queries. Love Cosmic Queries. And so, you got the questions? I got the questions. Called from our social media? Yes. uh, uh, Footprint? Yes. And, And bring them on. I haven't seen the questions, but the topic solicited. Is the new space race the new space race? Yeah, not old boring space not, race where we only went to the moon. Exactly, the yeah. new space race where we're trying to get into freaking. That's right, War. the new and
3: exciting, <laughs> updated space updated race. Updated space race. Although this first question it does does pertain to the moon. It's okay, from Ryan Espinoza on Facebook. All right, and Ryan wants to know why do you think we haven't gone back to the moon in decades, and would there be any good sustainable reason? other than preparing for Mars, to have a permanent research station there, perhaps even to launch spacecraft? No. Okay, next one.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no. No, no reason. On. What about the launching no. spacecraft? No, no, there could be reasons, yeah. but there, the economics is hard to justify. So you need a reason that overrode the economics, like war. Uh. or Or if China says we're going to put military bases on the moon, we're going back We're to the moon. We're going back to the moon. Right, because we, then we, we use that as an argument to justify it. That's why we went to the moon in the first place. Right. Russia was getting our upper hand. The, here's something nobody talks about. We're Americans, right? Americans. Americans. Apostrophe M-U-R-R-I-C-A. Americans. We, our narrative of our history is that we are pioneers in space, okay? But let's look at it. The Russians came up with the rocket equation. This is the equation that tells you how much fuel you need to put a payload into orbit. Why does that matter? Because you need fuel to carry the fuel that hasn't burned yet to put the payload in orbit. So for every pound you want to put into orbit, you need much, much more fuel than you'd otherwise think you'd need. And that's why the Saturn V rocket is so tall. And the astronauts and all their payload is just the upper little section. All the rest of that is just controlled bomb. Wow. Okay. So, the rocket equation was Russian. Russians had the first, they had the first satellite in orbit. Sputnik. Sputnik. Yes. And in fact, they got Sputnik right here. Oh. Okay. I got this in Star City, Moscow. I mean, okay. outside of uh, It's a very distant suburb of Moscow where they, uh, it's like our Houston. Okay. <laughs> Except it's really just for space. Are there are there any cowboys there? No, at all? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the International Space Station. <clears throat> okay, and then we go the next one down. This is Skylab. Oh, cool. Yeah, which was the uh, there's the Russian the the Apollo Soyuz project. We used the Skylab as a space station. So that's smaller than the International Space Station. Right. I have no idea what this is. It looks like a flying saucer. Could have been some prototype thing that the Russians de- designed. <laughs> i have here this is some large satellite satellite but we keep going and there's sputnik and the tiniest of the dolls look at
3: that that's a very very yes. clever i don't know doll. how this
2: translates to radio but right. i just disassemble <laughs> one of these dolls what are they called the uh, uh a, those a, were a, the, the the russian the, dolls the, yeah the, 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 um, the russian dolls the nesting russian dolls but there's a there's a a I, was thinking of Fab- I was
3: thinking of Faberge egg. It's not a Faberge egg. No, 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 no. Not even close.
2: So the littlest one in there, normally they have like heads of state or right. popes or prime right. ministers or czars. These are spaceships. And
3: if you crack that one open, it'll be a little bottle of vodka. And if you crack that <laughs> open, it'll be a little piece of potato.
2: I'm not, I'm not showing it. <laughs> so uh, Sputnik, they have the first non-human animal okay. in space. Who's that? A uh, ch- chimp? No. Non-human she's a, she's animal? was a dog. Was it really? Yes. What kind of a dog Laika. was Laika. It? It's a mutt. Oh. I, I, don't, I don't know if it's a mutt, but I think it was kind of like a mutt. They take it was from, a stray dog from, from uh, Moscow.
3: How would you feel you're a stray dog just running into the streets of Moscow? Next thing you know, you're up in, in orbit.
2: Well, they had no plans to bring it back alive. Oh, wow. So maybe you'd have second thoughts. However, yeah. I'm thinking to myself, if I were a dog, I could be a stray dog and die in the streets of Moscow in the winter right. or be the most famous dog since Lassie sure and die in space that's yeah that, that's not a bad option or, you,
3: or how about just being adopted by a family with a
2: yard how about <laughs> have... a rescue dog yeah a rescue dog yeah, yeah, wouldn't yeah. that be sweet so there, there's some bitterness about the fact that there was no plans to bring it back alive
3: and it was a Russian mutt yeah
2: I yeah. I, I think it's, it's most of some kind of breed Interesting. but I don't think it was a I don't I don't I don't remember it being a purebred anyway they had huh. um. it's so, yes, rough and, rough and the first human in space okay and that was who the first human ever in space yes Yuri Gagarin. Yes, it was Yuri Gagarin. He yes. said, yes, that was a good... <laughs> you, <laughs> like you saved yourself on that one. If I yes. answer quickly, it meant I knew it. <laughs> that was very Stewie and Brian right there. That, that was that was very... Um, and so they also had the first... Um, uh, a lot of firsts. And then we landed on the moon first. Right. And then we say, we win. And, and obviously we walked on the moon first. Yeah. You moon, know, I'm just saying... Yeah. We landed on the moon first, right. and we say we win the race, right. when th- almost every other important achievement in space was achieved by the Russians. And the reality of that progression of achievements is what spooked us, because they were accomplishing things faster and better than we were. And so then we leapfrogged it, and then we went to the moon. So that, that's all I'm saying.
3: So, but going back to what Ryan asked.
2: I forgot I forgot no, the question. No, it's okay. Why it?
3: but, but why isn't the moon
2: useful oh, to, right. to launch spacecraft? Oh, okay. So, here's the problem. If you're going to leave Earth to go to the moon to then go to Mars, just go straight to Mars. Go straight, okay. All right? You're going to need fuel to land on the moon because you have to slow down. Fuel is not just to go fast. Once you're going fast, how are you going to slow down? In our atmosphere, you can use aerobraking which is why we have heat shields. People say, oh, you need heat shields, otherwise you'll burn up. Glad glad you're going through the atmosphere. I don't need fuel to do it. Right. Using the friction and shock waves between the craft and the air to slow it down so that I don't need to use retro rockets to slow down. You go into the moon, you need retro rockets to slow yourself down. So you have to carry fuel that you're not using yet. So no, the moon would not be a place to organized to then go to Mars. You want to organize? Organize in zero-G, in a, in a in a Lagrangian point. through these points where gravity balances okay. between the moon and the Earth and the planets. Where you just put stuff there, it just stays. So you can make really big ships. And then you, you, you leave from zero gravity. And now you're not trying to climb out of a, what we call a gravitational well, which is all the exhaust that's coming out of our rockets needs to do. That's interesting. Do you yeah. think that'll ever become a reality? Possibly, but... Unless there's a war driver, there's got to be an economic driver. Otherwise, I don't see it happening ever at all. Right. And I wrote a whole book on this. It was called... Um, I, uh, what, uh, what's it called? This one right here? No, The, the Unspoken Alliance? No, it's not that book. Uh, so I wrote a whole book on this that I wanted to call Failure to Launch, The Dreams and Delusions of Space Enthusiasts. And the publisher said, no, we can't have a, the word failure in a title. That's just bad... Uh, but I love the title. They said, by the way, isn't there a movie with that title? Yes, except yeah. I'm using the title literally, Failure to Launch. That one was figurative about failure, failing to leave home and get married. So right? why, you,
3: why 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 just call it uh, uh, successes and unsuccesses oh, unsuccess- in, the, in the world of launching?
2: <laughs> <laughs> unsuccesses. Uh, so that book's called Space Chronicles Facing the... So I, I settled on the title Space Chronicles Facing the Ultimate Frontier. Half of that book is on why we didn't continue to go to Mars. My
3: takeaway from this is that you've written so many books you can't remember the names of the No, books no.
2: <laughs> that is no. remarkable. <laughs> you
3: know, I've just written so no, I'm such a no, prolific sorry, writer. I, I don't know. Sorry.
2: Yeah, I, the, that's, I, ama- that's amazing. I didn't know it came out that way. That no, was that was not That's the, awesome. That was not That's the pretty thing.
3: impressive actually.
2: Can I give you my, my one impressive book story? Yeah. My first time I ever met Carl Sagan. I was 17, wow. I'm in his office, and I'm sitting across his desk, and he's like, I could give you a gift. He reaches behind, does not even look, grabs a book from the shelf, and it's his book. And he signs it to me. Wow. I said, that is badass. That's we, badass. We, you, you don't even, whatever you touch, it's going to be one it's of gonna your be books. It's <laughs> Yeah. It's just a bookcase full of Sagan. And then it was like some years later, you know, after my sixth book or something, I had them lined up behind me and a kid comes in and I just reach back and I say, damn. I'm like, that's what I'm doing. Did you reach back and grab one of Sagan's books? No. <laughs> <laughs> How many books have you written? uh f- 15 15 yeah that's incredible but uh four or five of them are co-authored because you can't know everything for sure. everything you write about but um some of them i'm more proud of than others but there's t- it's an opus of my effort to communicate the universe to the public that's amazing yeah that's amazing my sister abby just wrote her second book called duped and
3: it i see firsthand up close how difficult it is to write a book oh yeah I've done that many that's incredible oh, oh yeah
2: no it's a whole it's a cha- it's a chapter of your life it's a it's a piece of you in the book right and when you're done you just got to regrow the organs that you expend right you, you know regrow your your energy you refill your fuel tanks regain energy reestablish your existence as an entity because you're putting so much of yourself in the book itself sure
3: this yeah. is why after every episode of star talk when uh, Chuck Nice and I say to Neil, hey, you want to go out maybe have a glass of wine? You're like, no, nah, I, I got to go home. I have things to do. Like, write another book. <laughs>
2: See yeah. you later, drunks. Yeah, the, the, the number, the, the amount of interstitial time most people spend doing nothing You're is writing. extraordinary. Yeah, yeah. I'm writing. Yeah. That's exactly right. That's great.
3: Great use of time. Yeah.
2: You no, know, who else spent some time writing? <laughs> Matt Matt Harefield. All right, so what do you have? On Next Facebook. question.
3: Matt wants to know, Matt Harefield on Facebook. Uh, why are we framing this as a race? Is there an end goal that one country could achieve first?
2: Ooh, real, this, is a, this is a thoughtful question. It a oh, platform. man. Uh-huh. Took him uh, 30 seconds to write. It. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, race implies there's a big start point and an end point. Right. And the race to the moon that we won, but we didn't win the race to space itself. Russia won that race. So many people say Mars is the next obvious choice. You're not going to go to Venus. It's hotter than a pizza oven on Venus, by the way. So Mars would be the next obvious target. But I have a contrarian view here. I don't want to call it contrarian. I have a unorthodox view here. I want to build the capacity to explore without reference to where you're going. So you have a warehouse of rockets. and you. So what do you want to do in space, Ray?
3: Uh, I'm gonna let's play baseball.
2: You want to play baseball? Sure. So play baseball on the moon. Love to. Okay, so um, and well, you should know that the restaurants on the moon they have no atmosphere. Just, That's <laughs> I, 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 you saw I that, heard that I did. <laughs> you saw. It.
3: But, but tell me, can you, please tell me about the Italian suppositories <laughs> on the moon.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so you want to play baseball? So you might want to do that on the moon. So you go. What rockets do you need? How many people are you going to take with you? That's this vessel with this many rockets. And you need to last this long, so you need this f- um, food supply um, and oxygen, this sort of thing. And then that's your then you go to the moon and have fun. There's scientists that might want to study the possibility of life on Mars mm-hmm. in, a pre, in some other genesis on Mars. So they'll bring equipment with them and they want to go there. Maybe they want robots. Maybe they'll stay in orbit and control robots down on the surface. So... What I want is everybody's creativity to be empowered by our capacity to explore space, and that way, no one is saying where the destination is. So, in that sense, it's actually not a race. It's let's all go play in our backyard, and that backyard is the solar system.
3: Right, and well put. It's it uh it it's amazing to me. I always thought it's just so interesting how. Everything has to be turned into sort of framed as a competition. Well,
2: and- it's, it's we're human and particularly, uh, you know, there are people who rise to higher heights when they compete. When, when I first started watching the Olympics, I thought to myself, why is it that you can set a world record in the Olympics? Why didn't you set the world record a week ago? Right. Is you? You're the same person. Right. How different are you this week than last week? Exactly. Yes. Or than a month ago. Right. Why did you send a work? Because the competition, the moment, the urge, the 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 pageantry, all comes together and creates a will, a a a force, almost another force of nature operating on your ambitions.
3: But it also creates a sense of pressure that maybe someone can. Maybe someone could cr- uh, run run the fastest time ever. Uh, if he didn't feel his pressure for example there's some people who can only sing in the shower they can't sing on stage they're great in the shower what if some somebody- oh, i can
2: sing i sing really good in the shower and i could sing on stage but no one would want me to that's the difference <laughs> <Right>. okay <laughs> you, you want to do the uh, the remake of jesus christ Superstar? <laughs> it was my play, favorite play musical of all time and i saw it in 1971 oh wow yeah with Very an cool. original cast including ben vereen as as judas wow, you saw it when you were two years old <laughs> Yes. <laughs> good stuff. Um, but why did you... Oh, yeah, so so I don't have a voice that I that's good. I don't have a good singing voice other than I just sing in the shower.
3: Right, but there's some people who sound in- incredible in the shower and wouldn't be good in front of a live audience. So I'm sure there's people that participate in the Olympics who maybe, aren't, maybe they could have broken the world record just sort of on their own time. Like on a random Sunday, they get up and uh, feel kind of relaxed. So, we need
2: an Olympics with no cameras and no audience. No cameras and no audience. <laughs> no fanfare. Sure, exactly. It's called the, uh, home, the home Olympics. The Home Olympics. Yeah. All right, we'll see. We'll see how that one, how that one plays. Let's see how that goes. Um, um, so, yeah, competition drives it. So does the urge to gain wealth and power. Right. So that's driven all the greatest projects that humans have ever done in the history of civilization. Greatest in terms of what, what fraction of a society's intellectual, physical, and financial capital was invested in it. So when that's high, generally it's praise of royalty, gods and royalty, it's economics or it's war. And today you don't have praise of royalty triggering expensive projects the way we once did right, uh, in civilization. So that basically leaves war and money. War and money. I wish that were not true. I'm just simply reporting yeah. what has driven and motivated people yeah. in the past. And so, yes, competition to be the first to, to get the economic return or to get the high ground yeah. if there's a military motive to it. The yeah. Cheney effect. Yeah, definitely. Uh, all right, next all question.
3: Right, next up. Uh, all right. Next question is from Pedro Semedio mm-hmm. uh, on Facebook. Uh, Pedro asks: Are there any international ethics or rules for space exploration? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's suppose, for example, that Chang'e four had a problem when landing. And the- this is the this is the
2: Chinese mission that landed on the backside of the moon. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes.
3: The backside or dark side? The same thing?
2: No. No. <laughs> Two different things. In spite of the 1973 album by Pink Floyd. Yes. The dark side of the moon? There okay. is no dark side of the moon. All sides of the moon receive light.
3: Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, day on
2: the moon lasts a month. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I can get a lot so, so, so there's a far side of the moon. That's ah, why I okay. said the back side. I got you. Okay. I got you. Not the underside. But the... It's, not the, it, it's not a place where the sun don't shine. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay.
3: Uh So, okay, so in Changi 4, uh, if it had a problem when landing and the potato seeds and silkworms were spread over lunar soil, were they to be punished somehow...
2: For contaminating lunar soil with terrestrial life. Yeah. So So, different things. So uh, there are three things here. In 1967, there's something called the International Space Treaty. That's a much longer title, but that's you want to shorten it. International Space Treaty. Okay. Okay. Signed by 100 more than 100 countries, and it's a code of conduct for space. Very kumbaya. They saw the that the Cold War was getting hotter. And space was becoming a contested regime okay. of international politics. And the UN said, we got to do something about this. So in it, it says, if you're in trouble, even if we're enemies on the ground, I got to help you. I will bring you food or help right. you. You know, it's this right. kind of, it's a, it's very unifying. forward-looking and unifying. Yeah. Uh, it's beautiful. My, my cynical skepticism is, if you can actually pull that off in space— why didn't you pull that off down here on Earth? Right, sure. Exactly. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, why is space different? Right. You're humans and we're human, right? Yeah. We, we we kill each other from limited resources. We kill each other because your skin color is different, because right. you worship a different God, because right. you live on a different side of the line in the sand. Why do we think, if and if you can't accomplish it up there, let's do that here. Let that be evidence that you could do it in space. That, that's my cynical side of it. Sure. But- so we have that. A good, but you're right. I mean, you are right. I'm just saying. We don't allow greed on rocket ships. No, no. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> in addition, NASA has a branch of itself called the Planetary Protection Office. And this protects contamination in destination places of Earth life. Okay. And it protects Earth life from what could be a contaminant brought back from space. And there are regulations about that and what what level contamination and sterilization is allowed for different kinds of objects. So Europa, that one, has the highest chance of their having life. So you want the most sterile objects going there to minimize the risk of contamination. The moon itself is kind of sterile. We're not worried about contaminating life that's there because it's got no atmosphere, the ultraviolet light, which is hostile to life, Sure. the molecules of light just breaks apart the molecules right so there's asteroids hitting all the time so we're not worried that if you go to the moon and sneeze you're going to contaminate a future experiment that we're conducting so um so there's there's a lot written on it but no nobody gets punished there's you you look bad on the international stage but there's no there's no punishment. It's so, no, no go back three spaces. You know? So you're
3: saying so? So China will not be penalized for uh, bringing uh, 50 children on the uh, on that mission, so they could make sneakers on the moon?
2: Too soon? How did how <laughs> how did seeds breaking open to the faint to bring? <laughs> that'd be very costly. <laughs> that'd be very costly. And uh, child labor historically had been through. There's no child labor laws on the moon. On the moon, Neil. yeah. So that's another question. Yeah what 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 is a crime in a place that's not within a municipality correct right yeah right And, and don't get me started like if an alien more intelligent than you lands and you kill it is that murder right there's the whole thing right. there's a whole legal frontier here
3: well I, well you could argue I mean he 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 uh he he reached for his uh he it's a male it's a, it, a male yes, it, yeah it. I, mean, I don't
2: know why I made it male you're right you, you totally made it a male that's yeah. terrible mm-hmm. the alien reached for yeah. its
3: uh reach for something phaser <laughs> I like that. I
2: the alien from 1960s television. That's a nineteen sixty-four alien. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so there's a whole frontier there. And that's right. a great question. But no, there's no penalties other than maybe we won't invite you on our next mission. That's probably penalty enough. That's a that's a yeah. big penalty. We gotta take a break? Uh, Star Talk, Cosmic Queries, the next space race edition. When we return.
1: pxg.com slash StarTalk code StarTalk This is StarTalk
2: This is StarTalk We're back Cosmic Queries This is the Next Space Race edition. And I have a newbie as my co-host, Ray Ellen. Ray. Hey. <laughs> he's just a newbie as my co-host, but he's been in the comedy scene forever. And in fact, you have your own comedy, like Ray's Comedy Club. I have it in, in on the island of Aruba. That's a crazy, Aruba, dude. Ray's when are you flying us all down? You are the whole Star Talk. The, oh, that'd be crew. fun.
3: I'm heading down tomorrow and I expect everybody to be joining me
2: march 1st in aruba in aruba very cool we got we well we'll maybe we'll go on a cruise and that's a port of call
3: you could stop sure that would be great. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. would work okay i love it all right i love it i'm bringing you up on stage if you come down <laughs> so uh bring me some questions here okay uh this is uh cosmic queries cosmic queries this is from woody from adelaide australia uh what is the goal line for scoring in the new space race Last time it was boots on the moon, mm. a badass station on Mars would be cool. Yeah, uh,
2: So that's a great question. I, yeah. I, I I can't speak for everyone, but I can definitely list certain things that have not been accomplished yet, okay? So if you go to the moon and set up a colony,
0: mm-hmm.
2: whether it's a permanent colony or a colony or a place that you visit seasonally, you wanna be able to use local resources to make stuff. And in NASA abbreviation lingo, it's ISRU. In situ resource utilization. So it's better discussed with regard to Mars. You go to Mars, are you bringing all the water with you that you'll ever need? No, that's kind of stupid. If you're driving to Los Angeles, you don't bring all the water you need. You're going to stop places yeah. and pick up some water. Sure. And you'll refuel your tank. You're not going to go with one fuel tank. Yeah, it's got to be bigger because we got to make it to Los Angeles. No, they're filling stations along the way. So one goal is that space becomes— space itself becomes a self-supporting commodity, if you will. So you don't need a huge rocket. You need a half-sized rocket and refuel halfway there. You don't need all the water you're ever going to drink. Get to Mars— sift the water out from beneath the soil beneath the, the 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 surface and melt that and now you have water oh uh by the way water also serves as rocket fuel build a factory separate the two molecules the two atoms what are they in water what's the molecular form of water
3: hydrogen and uh and uh
2: the oxygen thank you yeah h2o yeah yeah. yeah, H2O.
3: I, for some reason, when you ask me a question, I think you're trying to trick me. No, it's I'm not a trick forward. question guy, no. Not a
2: trickster. No, I ask very simple questions. Yeah, well, thank goodness for no. that. <laughs> okay, so H2O, if you separate those two atoms the, and put them in separate liquefied tanks, so yeah. liquid liquefied hydrogen, liquefied, very cold, you cool it down, it liquefies. And then have a nozzle that connects them. It's a highly exothermic reaction. There's endothermic means the reaction absorbs energy around it. Yeah. Exothermic means it releases energy. Mm-hmm. You bring hydrogen and oxygen together, it's rocket fuel. So you can have water there that you can drink, water that can serve as a as a rocket fuel, and so then you don't have to bring it. Okay, well, how about food? Well, we Mark Watney solved that one. Yes, he did. He yeah. grew, grew potatoes. Grew potatoes. Yeah. So you gotta grow something first. Yeah. Figure that out. Are there gonna be greenhouses? This sort of thing. So. One of the goal lines or high bars for us is in-situ resource utilization. And now that we have 3D printers, if something breaks, I need a nut, a bolt, a fan blade, print it. Right. Send in the CAD. Load up the CAD from Earth, the computer-assisted design. Yeah. Load it from Earth because I'm not going to design it on Mars. I, I don't have that talent. Right. Get somebody to design it. Oh, here's that new part you need.
3: Just bring the designer with you.
2: No, not it there wouldn't have to.
3: You would if just bring bring the machine. Yeah, up. there's a time delay yeah. of
2: like 20 minutes, but that's fine. What about uh long distance energy transfer? Is that is
3: that something that we're sort of uh, uh you mean
2: oh well, so no, our rockets we're still using chemical fuels in our rockets. Well, you know what we need? Warp drives. <laughs> warp drives. We need phasers and warp drives. Phasers and warp drives? <laughs> And we don't have flying cars yet, but we need the warp drives, like, real soon. Then you could cross the galaxy during the TV commercial. Otherwise, you're you're dead. The the time it takes to travel star to star is incommensurate with the life expectancy of human physiology. Is that right? Yeah. So, going the fastest we've ever gone, sent anything. If I aim for Alpha Centauri, the nearest star to the sun. Ask me how long it takes. How long
3: does it take?
2: I mean, depending... (laughs) If <laughs> there's a tailwind, <laughs> uh, with a tailwind, fifty thousand years. Wow,
3: I see. I find that. I find that it's, it's sad. It's sad. I was
2: going to say, I find that depressing. It's, it's sad. So it's very depressing. So you're not going to Alpha Centauri? I'm, I'm not going to Queens. I mean, what are we talking about here? <laughs> I'm an Alpha, Alpha
3: Centauri. Yeah.
2: And then he said, would well, do you want? A generation ship? Are you going to commit future generations to live out their entire lives just to make more babies on a ship, so that some?" N- generation a thousand generations down lands you know enters the the, the space of a uh, the, the 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 sector where you have the nearest star this is not sensible right
3: yeah, it's really not practical
2: yeah at all. yeah Just, so we need warp drive we need That's warp all. drives yeah can you the, work on that place?
3: yeah i'll work on it i got people i got men
2: uh-huh.
3: uh time for and, one more question before the break uh okay one more question for the break okay how about this this is nice Uh, This is from Uma Claire on Instagram. She said, hi, my name is Uma Claire. My family and I always listen to you on our way to school. Uh, I certainly can't wait to hear uh, this episode. Of all the countries likely to be involved in the new space race, which is the closest to bringing people to Mars? Calculations and testing wise.
2: Good question, Uma. Uh, Nobody is close to doing that now. But when China says they want to do something, in space or technologically, they just do it because mm. they have that power over their resources in ways that democracies don't. Right. We have to kind of all agree, the population has to agree, not so in China. China just decides as a country, this is our right. next we're mission. We're doing it, we're doing, we're doing it. it, we're doing yeah. it, yeah. right. So all they have to do is say, we're going to put a Tychonaut on Mars or orbit Mars, and then they'll just do it in the time frame established for it. So I have no doubt that that resolve is real even though it's not a stated goal at this moment. Of course, Elon Musk, want, it's a stated goal. He wants to put people on Mars. But there's no business case for that. Right. He could do it as a one-off. He can get together with Jeff Bezos and get the multi-billionaires. So let's just put, the, put somebody on Mars. Right. But if you're an investor in that company and you say, well, like I said, it's a short meeting. It's uh, So what are you going to do, Elon? I'm going to put humans on Mars. How much does it cost? A trillion dollars. I don't know. Right. Probably more. Is it dangerous? Yes. Will people die? Probably. What's my return on investment? Uh, nothing. That's a five minute meeting. Right. I say this all the time. Right. That's a five minute meeting. Right. So, unless we discover oil on Mars, right, <laughs> right, <laughs> diamonds, but China can do it for no other reason, just but that they want to do it, right? Because then, if you're not a completely free society, then you just decide to do it. Like the Pharaoh said, "Make me the biggest, the biggest tombstone ever." And so they make pyramids. Right. And they just do it because it's I think commanded. We, we should spread a rumor that there is oil on Mars. No, no. Also- no. Spread a rumor that China wants to build military bases on Mars. Ooh. 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 Look, so I, they just have to leak a fake memo. Right. And, and have the CIA discover it. Fake it. Just do it. And then, yeah. well, then we're going to Mars.
3: That's a, that's, a, that's a great premise for a
2: movie. For, for a movie. Oh, yeah. Love it. Oh, yeah. That's the next Will Smith movie. <laughs> yeah. So, so I think here's a scenario that I can imagine. China builds up their interest in Mars, and they want to send people, even if they want to do it peacefully. Forget war. We want to do it peacefully. But we still will get a little bit spooked by that. Sure. Right? We'll react. Yeah. We'll say, we're going to Mars. Right. Oh, NASA doesn't have a spaceship to do so. We have one that kind of works, but does anyone else have a spaceship? And Elon raises his hand. I got one right here in the warehouse. Right. So then... (laughs) Right right here next to the pool and the tennis court. (laughs) So... We end up using an Elon spaceship that he diligently built, researched, designed, and built, and that's good. But that's not Elon landing on Mars. That's the American taxpayer landing on Mars. Correct. That's the difference, right? So it's no longer privatized. It's not a business model. Right? It's, it's we're doing it. Yeah. Well, there it is. Thanks, Uma. All right, we got to take a break. When we come back, more of the next space race on Star Talk Cosmic Queries Edition.
1: IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the US. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And StarTalk radio listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com/starttalk. Visit IXL.com/starttalk to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price.
0: Life is a highway and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches but there's only one met crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem
1: of a detour bringing space and science down to earth
2: you're listening to Star Talk We're back on Star Talk, Cosmic Queries edition. The next space race is the subject. And I got Ray Ellen with me. Hello, Neil. All right. Uh, Ray, you have a t- TV show now on Comedy Central? Yeah. That is uh, very cool. Yeah, I mean, it's very cool. Because you're all like calm and cool here in my office, but you, you're badass I'm, I'm a badass outside of the. I'm a very humble dude. <laughs> <laughs> I really am. It's
3: called This Week at the Comedy Cellar. Uh, it's on uh, Comedy Central Friday nights. We just wrapped season one. Nice. Season two should be starting up uh, probably... Uh, this
2: week. So it's like like um, John Oliver this week, tonight? Yes. A, a review of the... It's, it's a, a weekly topical stand-up show. Mm-hmm. We have about
3: 20 different uh, comics come on every episode. Every
2: episode? Yeah, every
3: episode. We have a great...
2: Nice. Comedians. It's, it's fantastic. Nice. So how does a listener
3: find you uh, go to comedycentral.com yes. and you can watch every episode it's uh that's been archived there. nice yeah. nice all right good
2: yeah see i thought we were your only gig and now I, I'm, I'm happy and sad but you know what neil <laughs> you are my favorite gig oh there you go that makes up for go. it okay. comedy central's not blasting me into space
3: <laughs> oh, I, I don't know if you will but all we'll right what questions you got what all do you right have? here we go this is from uh almatastar from instagram mm-hmm. uh when will the Space Force start cleaning up space? Or is there another program that's already working on
2: space cleaning? Sayudos de Puerto Rico. Um, Greetings
3: from Puerto Rico.
2: Space Force. So a lot of talk about Space Force because yeah. Trump said he wants a Space Force. He sure that's But uh, let me just say unequivocally yeah. that just because Trump mentioned it does not mean it's a crazy idea. Just for the for the Trump naysayers out there. Sure. Just want just just... Right, the moment they hear that word Trump, they immediately just... They, just yeah, they can't listen to anything yes. else that comes out of their mouth. Yeah. Space Force is... You think it's practical? Reasonable? I, I don't care, really, but I can tell you the, the benefits of it. It will focus attention that is already allocated to space within the Air Force. The Air Force has the United States Space Command the Air Force has been thinking about space ever since we've had access to space. You know who else is thinking about space? The CIA and reconnaissance agents, other reconnaissance agencies. Because space is the high ground. So when you think of space force and you want to think of space war, the urge is Star Wars with lasers yeah. and weapons and phaser. Phaser. <laughs> you need the, the <laughs> photon torpedoes. <laughs> but but it turns out it's very impractical to attack Earth targets from space. Right. Because you're moving 18,000 miles an hour in orbit. Mm-hmm. And that's just really fast to then aim and do something on Earth. It's just, when we can send an intercontinental ballistic missile and hit a target any place on Earth within 45 minutes to say, oh, we got to wait until the satellite is in position. So, no, no, you just do So, we already know how to kill each other from surface-based yeah. weaponry. We already know that. So space is not in, improving that, okay? Quote, improving that. So what, So space is a place for reconnaissance. And by the way, the Air Force, no one questions why do we have an Air Force. They right. used to be a branch of the Army. It was the Army Air Force throughout the whole Second World War. But, but the notion of Space Force to be sort of... Being, but let me... Oh, my I'm bad. Just, I'm just my bad. telling you. Yeah, I got you. The engineer that fixes the tank, is that the same engineer that fixes the airfoil on an airplane? No. No. The the grunt on the ground who's carrying the weapon, is that the same soldier training as the pilot of the jet fighter? No. So you you branch off Air Force from the Army. And no one is really questioning that. The value of that. So to branch off Space Force from the Air Force, uh, why are you going to have an issue with that? That's and by the way, if you're gonna do that, let's add let's add priorities to whatever it is they were doing before. And one of them would be let's clean up space. Right. Space debris. Space litter. Oh, uh, it's litter. Oh, I, I'm I think that's why we haven't been visited by aliens. Too many balloons up there. They, no, no, they they just looked at it and said, you guys. Are nasty. You're slob. You're just slob. You're dirty, filthy You're people. Dirty, filthy. <laughs> so NASA <laughs> tracks space debris so that when they launch the next thing, they don't slam into it. Right. All right. The space station has limited maneuverability power in case something is headed its way. So, yeah. That that another one. What I want them to do is b- deflect the asteroids. Yes. I don't want to be like the dinosaurs going extinct because we have a space program and the ast- and the dinosaurs didn't. Right. Was, if they had a space really? program? No, they I, didn't. I, I didn't yeah, I, I, I'm sorry, I didn't tell you that before. I, yeah, the
3: show. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that all the other pterodactyls had a. Uh,
2: oh, they would lead the, <laughs> the flying they're ones. Leading right? the, yeah, they're leading the space force. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're the front men. The and front women. men. <laughs> and plus, you know, the the badass one was was you, Rodan. Rodan was, was, yeah. The supersonic yeah. pterodactyl. Sure. Supersonic. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> uh, so so what am i saying so yeah you'd want i think you'd want to add to their portfolio but wouldn't space force sort of be
3: if it because it's all of space outer space wouldn't that
2: need to be an international organization you know that's a really good that's that's good that's like saying the air molecules above this country belong to the united states correct that's kind of st- that, it's, no. It's, it's insane. Air Maybe. moves. It's insane. Yeah. Right. So insane. You, you you can say you. I don't want you over this country, but to declare ownership of air when air travels around the world. Yeah, it's that kind of thing. Yeah. I own space. No, you
3: don't.
2: No. You can't own space.
3: I like to dispute air rights on top of my apartment building. Never mind.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Out in the atmosphere, <laughs> all over the world. So yeah, ownership is a thing. Uh, so I think what the any discussion about ownership is about who owns the moon. Who owns an asteroid? You go to an asteroid to mine its natural resources. Do you own it, or does ever, or who owns it? Finders keepers, man.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's 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 a great point. Yeah. I, don't know. I mean, that's like saying, do we own the moon? We we put a flag on the
2: moon. The moon's moon's us. It's U S light. Yeah, we didn't put the U N flag on the moon. We put the American. Right, we put flag. the
3: U S flag. So it's 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 U S light. It's the United States. It's our. It's our. Uh, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. our island. <laughs> So to speak. <laughs> and by the way, you cannot see the that the flag, the flag that we that, that uh Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin planted on the moon, you cannot see that with any the
2: Hubble telescope wouldn't can't capture it. It's right? too small to resolve yeah. with with ground based telescopes or the size of telescopes that are in orbit. But you can see the flag from satellites that orbit the moon.
3: So oh, we okay. have image.
2: You can see the, the rover tracks. It's kinda cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's awesome. You know what they got wrong in what movie was that? Uh was it Interstellar? No, no. Uh, Transformers. I think it was one of the Transformers movies. Uh, they show one of their craft passing by the moon, and you see the the landing spot for the Apollo astronauts, but it still has the it still has the lem on it. Oh, is that right? Yeah, because that that departed from it, it just had the the spidery legs at right, the bottom. Right. Uh, yeah, so they left the whole thing cuz you wouldn't recognize it as anything if it's just a platform. Did, so,
3: did you ever tweet that at some point? No,
2: it's it was a little obscure. Well, you have too many Game of Thrones tweets to get through, <laughs> so you know. <laughs> but anyhow, yeah, it just it just looks so naked to just have the base and these four legs. So they left the whole uh, module there that the astronauts occupied just so it looks like a landing spot. Is it sort of is it
3: understood that if if the if China were to land Right where uh, we had landed, the U.S. had landed. That they're not supposed to, you're not supposed to tamper with any of the, the flag. The when has the, the history
2: of human conduct fulfilled anything that was supposed to be anything? Yeah, yeah. If they went up and 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 like broke the flag, yeah, technical but, foul, fifteen <laughs> <laughs> yard penalty. Uh, so, yeah, I mean that would be. I don't want to say that was an act of war. I would say it would be a profound act of disrespect. Yeah. And there would probably be repercussions would, That was certainly with this administration. Yeah, severe a, a disrespect. Yeah. Uh, it, especially since... It would be a moon tariff. <laughs> especially since, even though we planted an American flag, Neil Armstrong laid a plaque that said, we come in peace for all mankind didn't say we come for America, right? for Americans. Right. And I don't know any act of exploration where, upon planting a flag, the next words uttered were, we come in peace for everyone, all right. of humanity. Right. The history of that exercise, especially Europeans leaving Europe, is, I put a flag here now, we own it. Right. And we have warships to back up that statement. Right. No matter who you find living there, so it was a fundamentally different act, and so we, we'll see what the future of this is. I I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Got and time but, for a couple more? Give me a yeah. couple more.
3: All right, Alexis Wojil of Instagram. Alexis from Hong Kong here. Mm-hmm. When do you think we'll start sending world leaders into
2: space? And if we could do that now, who would you send? Oh, didn't I? Did I do this on another episode? I can't. Do it too often, but I'm going to do it again now. Okay, you ready for this? (laughs) Right. You're not ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. I am so ready for this. I don't feel... Hold on a second. (laughs) You feel that? I'm ready. You're you're feeling it. Okay, you ready? Which world leaders should we send into space? Okay, so first, we should send all the flat earthers into space. All, all, okay. Okay. I think <laughs> I think they wanted that anyway. So so Kyrie Irving, not a world leader, but he can go. Yeah. No. Just so they can see they can orbit the Earth and see that Earth is a sphere. Okay. And then you bring him back and say so you're happy now. Oh, for education.
3: Yeah, educa- I'm an educator, oh,
2: dude. Yeah, that's true. I'm not trying, to get, I'm oh, trying, to, trying to get rid of him. I'm trying to help him. Get rid of No. What are the dumb dumb ideas no. you have? Get <laughs> out of here. <laughs> you demonstrate yeah. the roundness of Earth. Okay. Next, you send. All world leaders. Okay. It'll be like a, a people mover uh, van. Okay. No, <laughs> it'd well, we have to be bigger than that. How many world le- Hundreds of world leaders. Hundreds. Okay. There's yeah. hundreds. Okay. You ready? Thousands if you count the islands. This is a yeah. quote. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but if uh, leaders of established nations, it's 100 and something. How many countries are there? Uh, is it 174? 100. Yeah. It's between one and 200 yeah. countries. Yeah. We got, we got our crack team researching this now. How much? Yeah, 195. Oh. So 200 countries. So 200 world leaders. Okay. Okay? Here we go. Did they get a plus one? <laughs> okay. 400 world <laughs> leaders. <laughs> I'm going to read a quote from Edgar Mitchell. Okay. Apollo. Uh, three. <laughs> <laughs> Apollo 14. 14! That's right. Uh, Apollo 1 through 6 were scrapped after we lost the three Apollo 1 astronauts. Oh, okay. So Ask the next question. Apollo was Apollo 7. That's the question again. <laughs> okay, so here we go. Edgar Mitchell. Edgar Mitchell. Apollo, is he 13 or 14? 14. 14. You develop an instant global consciousness, a people orientation, an intense dissatisfaction with the state of the world, and a compulsion to do something about it. From out there on the moon, international politics looks so petty. You want to grab a politician by the scruff of the neck and drag him a quarter million miles out and say... Look at that, you son of a bitch. That's great. Ooh, oh, that's, uh, that's juicy. Juicy. Just give a cosmic perspective reality check to every politician and then bring them back down to Earth. I think they'll be changed. Yeah. That's what the universe can do to you. When you see Earth as only nature can present it to you with oceans and land, clouds, no color-coded national boundaries, no, none of the usual trappings of who owns what part of what section of the world. It's just a planet, our life-giving planet. You can't make peace on that planet with fellow human beings. You don't deserve the power that science has given you to serve as a shepherd of our future survival on this planet. You don't deserve it. You should just go somewhere else. Put people in power who understand what Earth is, what it means to us and all the other life on Earth, and what steps they need to take to cherish this place that we have borrowed from our descendants.
3: That that would be a great uh, unifying experience, I think. If you could do that, if you could send those two hundred people up up together, yeah, I really, I really think it would.
2: After you send up the flat earthers, yeah, <laughs> I, I actually would like to become a flat earther just, just so I can get just that to trip.
3: Get the first trip. That's a nice trip. It's far better than getting you know a freebie to Cape Cod. So Ray,
2: we got to wrap. We got to we got to call it oh. quits here.
3: Uh, well, I just want before we go, I just want uh, everyone to know I uh, came across. Neil's book, Accessory to War. Well, you're in my office, so the book. Well, was there, that's you know? how I came across <laughs> it. I was snooping around his office, and uh, and in between all the uh, bobbleheads of him and uh, and the all the the, the Campbell soup, the Star Wars Campbell soups that he
2: has up there oh, yeah. on, on the shelves. Well, oh, this uh, one, but this one is 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 primordial soup. Oh, Just get a... your soup straight here. Okay? Well, what's the... Uh, Primordial soup. <laughs> That's what
3: <it> is, okay? <laughs> On that shelf over there, you have, you have a, a... Oh, those a, are Star Wars Campbell soups. Star Wars yeah, yeah, Campbell yeah. soups, yeah. Okay. But this is Accessory to War. It's the unspoken alliance between astrophysics and the military. You, you, this is a book you a few months ago?
2: It came out, yeah, last September. Uh, co-authored with Avis Lang. A major... It's like 500 pages. So my, my book before that was Astrophysics for People in a Hurry? Yes. This is Astrophysics for People, not in not a hurry. Not in a hurry, yes. to make that clear.
3: Yeah. The, 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 the other book I, I read on a, on a subway ride, this one's going to take me a subway ride with four stops. It's going to take me a little <laughs> more extra time. But again, you well, are thanks so— thanks for that plug. Thanks for the plug. Well, hey. It's a
2: lab- another labor of love. Just The history, because science is not untouched by war. And with the funding for it, that enable it, that empower it, that, that feed it. And so this is just a candid review, an assessment of what that relationship has been between the history of astrophysics and war itself.
0: I'm excited yeah. to try yeah. to tackle this. You right. are the
2: most prolific non-comedian I've ever met. No.
3: <laughs> like there's some comics I know who just write like, endlessly. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. And of all the
2: non comics this is unbelievable. Okay, well, 15 you. books and... There's a new word for being a non comic. It's called non comic. Okay. (laughs) A civilian. Civilian. We got to go. Ray, thanks for doing it. Thanks, man. A lot of fun. Okay. We're going to get you back again. Love it. And the invitation to Aruba stands wide open. All right. Uh, You've been listening to, possibly even watching, this space race episode of Star Talk. And I've been your host, Neil deGrasse Tyson. And as always, I bid you to keep looking up.